0: Right. I mean, I don't like being asked the same questions over and over again. Ask me something new. I like to be challenged, and I can't be challenged if you ask me the same stuff over and over again. But we're going to see how my interviewer, Nick Simons, is going to do tonight. So, with that being said, this This
1: This is the paranormal gumbo. It's a big old pot of everything spooky and weird with your hosts, Jeremy Leonard and Nick Simons. Join us for dinner, won't ya?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Boys and girls of all ages, welcome to our fifth month of Paranormal Gumbo. I am your host, Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun demonologist, along with my co-host, Nick Simons, the paranormal...
1: Quiz master.
0: Man. Yeah, that's it.
1: <laughs> the paranormal quiz master. I have my paper here.
0: And he is going to be asking me all the hard questions when it comes to demonology. So the month, this month of May, we are in May, right?
1: we are in may okay
0: this month of may is going to be all about demonology and spiritual warfare 101 and i have the best interviewer in the world (laughs) nick
1: simons (laughs) mike Rowe, of dirty jobs (laughs) uh all right let's start at the top uh we'll just throw some oh
0: wait a minute wait a minute man you're throwing me into the fire already Oh, no, 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 no.
1: I so, heard, I was going to read some definitions for people no. to associate with. I mean, there might be people jumping in with two feet into this and just jumping right in. And then what the hell is demonology? And
0: Okay. All right. But before <laughs> you do all of that, before you throw me under the bus, okay, <laughs> I heard, and I want you to verify if this is true or not, that you, Nick Simons, is going to be teamed up with Y at the Deep South Paracon.
1: That's that's still uh, a a strong possibility. You know, that's getting close to I have to marry two people sometime in the fall there. But I believe the Deep South Paracon is in August. And that might be something that we make happen because I was looking at a map. If you guys haven't done that in the last 10 years. (laughs) Um, Why do you
0: need a map, man? You got Google on your phone.
1: Yeah, I was looking at a map on my phone and I was like, oh, okay. This was before I even text you. I was looking at it, and I'm like, hmm, that's around where Jeremy's house is, and the Deep South Paranormal Expo is there. My house is here. I was like, hmm, wonder if I drive down to Jeremy's house, and we visit and go see Hardtack, the alligator. (laughs) Hardhide? Hardhide. Hardtack, Hardhide. And then we can jump in the same truck and then cut across what's left of Louisiana into Alabama, uh, go to the Deep South Paranormal. Exhibit. Yeah, because
0: it's about a it's about a five-hour drive for mine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, bro. Come on down. Come man. on! <laughs> Matter of fact, bring the missus with you when you come, and we'll just make a... Because I'll believe me. I'll have mine with me. She loves Deep South yeah. Paranormal Con, so... It is but put now... on by some really great folks. I enjoyed myself last year. Look, last year was the first year that Stan done it, and... He kind of mixes a Comic Con with a uh with the Paracon kind of mixed, and it was great. It's a smaller Paracon, but you had a, a good bit of traffic that actually came through. And me personally, I like the smaller ones because I like to mingle with people, right? right. And whenever you do the real big ones like the Cincinnati, the Warren's Paracon. I couldn't even leave my seat because the line was so long of people wanting to get autographs, or take pictures or whatnot, which of course, that's the number one reason I'm there, right? It's for the fans. But I like to just get up and go and talk to people and stuff. And you can't really do that at the big ones. But guess what? We're going to get in a lot of trouble. Me and what? you.
1: What?
0: <laughs> We're going to have our paranormal gumbo shirts on. We yep. might even sell some.
1: I'm going to be wearing a uh, pair of paranormal gumbo pants, underpants socks we're gonna have it all
0: i might actually grow, start growing my beard out that way whenever <laughs> we finally have it you know i, I might have some facial hair my cheeks might not top. like that too much but hey, yeah. I might,
1: yeah yeah your ppe ain't gonna fit too well yeah anymore. they're not gonna like that you're not all. gonna be able to get a good seal no longer well
0: look at you talking like you know something about the fire service because you're absolutely right
1: Yep, I used to be in environmental services.
0: Hey, well, yeah. then there you and go. we were
1: all, this, we could grow our upper lip. That was about it. Then You had to have all this clean to get a good tight seal.
0: But you see, I, me and my chief, which he knows, anytime I get ready to do a Comic-Con, you know, because radi- anytime I'm on TV, I have the goatee. So what I do is about a week or two before, I'll start growing it out, just enough to where it's noticeable. And interesting. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, you can't see it. Nick can. Jeremy is supporting the full firefighter stash. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got my firefighter stash going on.
1: He's got the firefighter stash and just the softest. That's little, that's
0: called that's called the duck's tail.
1: Yeah, a little soul patch down there. I said he looks like Zorro or a Three Musketeers.
0: You want to know what my wife says I look like? Say guess.
1: Uh, Antonio Banderas.
0: She said I look like a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what she does i walk in there and i say everything she's a shade that you look like a pedophile and you gotta know me just because she said that i'm like no nope, i'm gonna keep it for a while oh in that
1: case let's go get pictures taken
0: right right get in the truck we're going to Kmart. <laughs> so man how's your week been this
1: has been all right i got to go to chicago this week
0: and hang out with aaron g thompson
1: no, I haven't seen Aaron this week.
0: Oh, you yeah. have oh, he's still living his best life. He's on the road. You know, he, <laughs> he's posting his uh spiritual quotes and all that on Facebook and stuff. He's still he's still going full throttle, only like Aaron G. Thompson can.
1: Yeah, he's he's something else. <laughs> he's yeah. Aaron G.
0: Thompson. That's the only way to explain it. <laughs> you can't say that guy or this guy special or this guy's that. He's just he's aaron g thompson now that's
1: what he is he's his own best friend yes
0: (laughs) yes but i do (laughs) notice that uh he got rid of the blonde hair for now
1: yeah he cut it cut her down to black hair cut it down i uh
0: well i'm gonna send him a message and be like dude i know she dyed your hair you look so much older
1: (laughs) god you look like you're 40 (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah let's see how long it takes him to it again
1: well let me just color that right back uh,
0: oh no <laughs> way
1: <laughs> all right uh, i need to open this back up because i have all my definitions and stuff on my phone
0: all right so you're getting ready to ask me the hard questions huh?
1: yeah we're gonna ask you ask you some some of the hard questions some interesting questions some questions that you've probably been asked before but not as Repetitive as some of the other questions, you know. Yeah, I haven't been
0: asked by Nick Simons yet. I'm ready. Let's shoot. Let's get this train (laughs) rolling.
1: So, welcome everybody to Jeremy Leonard's Tent Revival (laughs) Satanic Exorcisms and All You Can Eat Fried Chicken. Tonight, we're going to be talking with Mr. Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun demonologist um if you're just new to all this demonology is the study of demons or evil spirits and those evil spirits and demons they can they vary from different religions um you know christianity has their its own set of um evil spirits buddhism the sikhs have evil spirits that they refer to as demons um muslims have demons
0: uh, they refer to as the jinn.
1: The jinn, And that's also part of demonology, which absolutely I'm positive that Mr. Jeremy Leonard has knowledge of evil spirits from other religions, too, because that's part of the job is not only do you have to focus in on your religion of choice whichever fill in the blank, but you have to be knowledgeable on the others and the gin being a big one, uh the succubus incubus, uh, I mean, all these different things that can be out there. And we just decided to have a little sit down with Mr. Jeremy Leonard and just kind of talk to him about the things that he's passionate about when it comes to demonology, the Cajun ministry, and just helping people out and being a bigger spiritual warrior than what you might pick up from his posts online about this stuff. Now you get to hear it from the man himself about his mighty, mighty sword of St. Michael and the armor of God and all this stuff. There and
0: we go. Now we talking. Yeah, you it can is, tell uh, I've look, been
1: listening to you over the past five know,
0: months. <laughs> you want to know what people think the definition? Now that you said the real definition of demonology, this is what people think the definition is. Jeremy cool has online. the answers to all your questions pertaining to life i know everything (laughs) about anything and everything that is what people tend to think that i know
1: jeremy is the the (laughs) know-all he's the all-seeing eye of the masonic masonic temple you
0: you would be surprised people think that i have the answer to everything (laughs) i can't tell you every single day there's at least at least one sometimes as many as five or six messages can you helping me with this? Do you know what this is? I'm I seen a man and a black cape in my dream. What's happening to me? Sorry, miss. Know. I'm you not had a, dream a bad interpreter. dream. I'm you not know? a
1: dream interpreter. That's that's Brandy's job. Call her.
0: <laughs> exactly. And then they'll be like, but you're a demonologist. How could you not know that?
1: man? because it's a dream.
0: More than likely, I dream all kinds of crazy stuff. Okay. I, I, I don't I d- go seek people and ask. Please interpret this for me.
1: I just dreamt. uh, What was it? A couple weeks ago, I was at a yard sale, and they had a Cobra CB radio.
0: Oh my god, dude!
1: (laughs) And I I bought a Cobra CB radio and put it in my 2021 truck.
0: (laughs) Did you get it modified?
1: Yeah, with the echo. The echo. Yes. Okay. uh, All right. That's that's definitely
0: definitely demons, bro. Definitely demons. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah say seven hell marys and call me in the morning
0: <clears throat>
1: so now that all the the hard stuff is out of the way the definitions um yeah, demonology isn't something that's new uh it goes way back way 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 back i mean back when people were worried about god actually coming out of the sky and Striking people down. I mean, it starts back then. Over the over the years, there's been popular cases of demonic possession and stuff right. that has made its way into newspapers and television. I mean, you think of movies like The Exorcist, that actually comes from a true story that happened in St. Louis, and that that young yeah, man so there was actually a boy lived...
0: instead of a girl.
1: Yeah, it was a boy instead of a girl, and that young man actually lived a full life, and he just died recently, didn't he? Yeah, you, you end up with movies like Devil and. The, the conjuring of, uh, the conjuring the possession of emily insidious. rose yeah you insidious
0: insidious all of that
1: and now in theaters i just seen you can rent it on amazon prime the pope's exorcist which looks
0: yes i had not seen that yet
1: <laughs> it looks like it's kind of gonna end up being a dumb movie but <laughs> we'll see it could
0: either could either go either way you know believe it or not nick i really don't watch a whole lot of um horror movies now look before i got into demonology and stuff in my younger days i used to be a huge horror fan right okay but you know so what are you asking me as far as it goes you know how much of that is hollywood versus how much of that is is realistic or or
1: no nope, no nope. we're, we're not even jumping into that part oh, okay. I, I, I was just painting a little picture of what's to come um so now we'll jump in to your full-on tent revival how long uh, <laughs> yeah okay
0: <laughs> Brothers and sisters, (laughs) I come to you today as a man of God.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, We'll just jump uh, right into it. Um, Start off with the easy questions. How long have you been head of the Cajun ministry?
0: Uh, The Cajun ministry was actually started in 2019. The Cajun ministry is fairly new before the Cajun. So in case people don't understand what the Cajun ministry is, is... Uh, well, you know, with my popularity as far as just being involved in a paranormal field in one aspect or another, and when Ghost of Morgan City came out, uh, which aired in 2019 on Travel Channel, uh, I started creating the ministry because not only was I getting people to contact me, you know, needing help in Louisiana, but it started being all over the United States, and of course, you know, how much plane tickets cost and all of that. So I started in actual uh, ministry as Cajun Ministry as a nonprofit organization. Um, I have unique ways of raising money to be able to fund a ministry. One is that I make, I make handmade jewelry. Um, I was doing, um, a paranormal raffle page on Facebook where we would take paranormal equipment and raffle it off and all the money that I would raise from that would go toward the ministry. But I actually shut that down because it got, it got to be so, so hateful. But That's another story. Um, before the Cajun, before 2019, it was called ghost quest paranormal, which is actually my team my team consists of myself, my wife and my daughter and her, and her soon to be husband, uh, fiance. So it's, it's all family, basically, you know, we're a family. We're kind of like almost like the modern day Ed and Lorraine Warren, you know, really and truly, even though, I mean, I don't advertise myself as that because you know, right. Ed and Lorraine Warren, they're way up here and I'm still way down here. Uh, but I mean, that's this, it's all family really that, that runs the ministry, but, Part of the uh, me creating the ministry was so that I can have, see, I teach an online demonology course and spiritual warfare course now. Um, and what I do is a lot of people that's in the paranormal field take this course. And even though everything is pre-done online, it's take at your own pace, you have homework at the end of each week and the people that actually do their homework and send it in to me and I read through it and I can tell that they are actually putting in the effort you know, to really learn this stuff, you know, and they really excel through it. Um, a lot of that goes with them, um, you know, pestering me, asking me all kinds of questions. But, but that's okay. That is part of it, okay. And, and I'm completely okay with that. But the people that actually do that is usually the ones that, once they graduate from my course, I will associate their team with the cajun ministry in other words they're not they're not the cajun ministry but they are associated with it okay in other words let's just say a paranormal team in your neck of the woods okay um decides to take it and and whatever and i get a call from somebody dealing with something possibly demonic in that area then i'll call you up say hey nick i need you to go in my name in the ministry's name so don't make me look bad okay because it's all going to come back on me. If you go over there and and, and do something crazy, they're going to be like, Oh, well he learned his stuff from Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun demonologist. And that will completely ruin my reputation. And that is the last thing that I would ever want. You know, all it takes is one bad apple nowadays, you know, with internet, social media, and that's the end of you. No matter how good you are, how long you worked at it or so forth. So you got to really be careful about this, but I will let them go and basically get a feel for what's going on. And if it's, if it truly is demonic and it's out of the realm of that team being able to do it, then I myself will go. I'll fly up there, do whatever, it, you know, of an exorcism needs to be done or so on. So that's kind of how the Cajun ministry works and the reason it was created.
1: Going back before the Cajun ministry, 2019, how long have you been an actual demonologist? Um, we, we, from past episodes, we we do know that you started out like me, just a regular ghost guy right and that you crossed over into a higher calling how long have you been doing
0: that i'm trying to think of when the stinson case took place so the Stenson place took case after katrina all right so <laughs> so it's going to be around 2006 right. i know it was right after katrina um i was part of a group called paranormal society of punch it was just me and my cousin we simply got started by watching Ghost Lab on television. And uh, we decided to go out to our local family cemetery and play Ghost Hunter. Well, <laughs> we ended up capturing something on camera, and we wanted to see if we can capture that again. So we created Paranormal Society of punch And this is way back before paranormal teams was a big thing. Okay, right. I think we were the only paranormal team in the state of Louisiana at that and time. And
1: you guys were weird. <laughs> we
0: were you see some of the old videos
1: yeah no 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 i uh, just saying that that point oh. in time what we do now
0: yeah it's more it, accepted it's, those
1: people are weird don't talk to them
0: right but <laughs> you can you can go uh look on youtube and uh go to paranormal society a punch of Tola, type that in and watch some of our old videos that we used I, to do i mean we were clowns i'm not gonna lie to you We were, i'll we link were it in the
1: show description
0: <laughs> and you can even go to my website, JeremyLeonard.net and go. They have what is called uh in the early years. There's a section and there's there's a bunch of photos and videos of, of me and, in the early years. But anyway, we started that and then there was a woman that contacted us that claimed she went to Mount Herman, Louisiana to the Myrtles plantation. And the Myrtles Plantation is a it's a tourist destination, okay? I mean, thousands of people go there every year, but she claimed that she Went there and she captured an orb, okay, which I will tell you to this day, it was Ooh. just dust, nothing more. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And she became obsessed with this thing. And she said a demon followed her home and it was terrorizing her and her three daughters. Um, Her husband worked out of town. He worked in the oil field. So he was gone for like two weeks at a time. And the youngest daughter was about two years old at that time. And the middle daughter was about five or six. And, and the oldest one was about eight, maybe mm-hmm. nine um anyway and when she contacted us we thought she was nuts um but hey if you let us film it sure we'll come well me and my cousin ended up going to the house and this is something we always done um because we we literally had like a u-haul trailer full of equipment that we would that we would carry we have thousands thousands of dollars of stuff okay <laughs> so we, we we would always go to the house and, and figure out where we're going to put stuff and find out how big it is that way we when the game plan what well, we would come with the whole team you know we things would get rolling pretty quick because we were right. we would only be there for like you know four or five hours at the moment right. well when we went there and the first time i ever met joy she was about 80 pounds, and she suffers from Parkinson's disease, so she moved real slow and she shook. Yeah. And she, I remember, she sat us down at the table and she starts showing us this picture of this orb that she captured. And she said, If you look closely and zoom it in, it has eyes and fangs and all of that. Well, I look, I've been doing that long enough at that time, no, that is nothing but dust, that is not an yeah. orb, lady. Yeah. But you know what? You just keep on talking that, and I'm just gonna grab my little K2 meter and go on my merry way while my cousin. Is listening to all this. So this is a true farmhouse. When you think of the country, deep country farmhouse, you know, with the with the horses in the pasture in the backfield, this is it. Remember, I grabbed a K2 meter and there's a hallway that divides straight through the middle of the house. And her bedroom was to the right. And I remember some of the things that she was saying that happened in that bedroom. Now, remember, I thought she was nuts, but I ain't stupid, right? I ain't going (laughs) in there by myself. I ain't Uh -uh. going in there by myself. (laughs) No, no. I decided to go to the ba- There's a There was a bathroom straight across the hallway on the right-hand side. And there's two ways into the bathroom. There's the one that goes into the hall and then you could keep going straight. And there's another door that brings you into the living room area, which is the front of the house. So as I walk into the, um, the bathroom, on the right-hand side, there's this huge mirror. The mirror must've been about six foot tall, maybe 10 foot long. It was huge. It covered the whole wall. It was a double vanity sink. And as I'm sitting there, the K2 meter starts going off, and I'm like, whoa, dude, look at that. Because, I mean, it's, it's completely going to red. It's starting? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, wow, look at this, you know. And I happened to look up. Now, granted, I'm looking through the mirror. Remember that. Red. And standing in that doorway, about two foot behind me, maybe a little bit more, maybe about four foot behind me, there's this figure, okay? Now, this thing was really skinny. And the first thing that I saw was his arms, and the first thing I noticed right away is this thing's arms come past his kneecaps as he was standing up, Ooh. and his fingers were like twice as long as is a normal finger. And the best way to describe it is to the slender man, because I get asked this all the time, and that's the best way that I can describe it. The way it at
1: that point in time there was no images of slender I man had no
0: idea what the slender man was okay if
1: you rewind back to the beginning well, this is 2005 this yes. slender man i didn't had no show idea what until, the
0: slender man well, was the only thing that i knew about demons at that point in time was what i learned at sunday school when i was a kid okay they right. lived in hell that's all i knew um so as i'm looking at it his head it was ball-headed And his head was shaped kind of like an egg, I guess, is the best way to describe it. And it had eyes, but there was nothing else. There was no nose, no mouth, no ears, no nothing. Just eyes. And Nick, I'm going to tell you, it scared me so bad. Uh, I ran out of there. I mean, my whole body. You know, that's the one and only time I could tell you that that fight or flight mode kicked in. And I wasn't even thinking about fighting. It was just flight. I was ready to get out of there. I ran out of there and I told my cousin that I needed to speak to him outside at that moment right now. And he's like, but, but wait a minute. I'm like, dude, I'll take now. And I tell him what I had just saw. Now my cousin's about six foot four. Uh, he's a bodybuilder, you know, and as I'm telling him what I saw, I see the color drain out of his face. He turns white and he's like, she just got done describing this thing to me and you're describing exactly what she was telling me. And I said, Kenny, we have to go. This is beyond us.
1: We're in deep shit, man. (laughs)
0: Yeah. YouTube, no YouTube. I don't care. I'm leaving because I was driving. We were in my vehicle. I'm leaving. You can stay, but I'm leaving right now. He's like, okay, all right, man, whatever. I'll I'll go in there and I'll tell her we're leaving. Well, remember this. When we went outside the first time, there was not a cloud in the sky. And when we went inside, I didn't go inside, okay? He went inside, but I stood underneath the carport right there by the door. And when he come back outside, there was one black, I mean, black cloud sitting on top of that house. And I mean, I remember the wind was blowing so hard that, you know, those big old garbage cans that, that the yeah. garbage company picks up one flew across the yard, jumped in the car and the car, we the vehicle we were in had power locks. And I remember the power locks kept going up and up, down, up, and down on their own until we got all the way down the gravel road onto the blacktop. And I remember Kenny pulling pulling the radar up on his phone and there was no clouds no nothing except one little speck and that's where that house was damn hey no intentions on ever going back there nick i'm gonna tell you right now but there was one image that stuck in my mind that i remember seeing in that house so that was that they had an air mattress in the living room and they had about seven crucifix all the way around that is where they slept at night my daughter was really young at the time And I remember thinking, wow, you know, something, I mean, obviously I look, I tried as much as I could to convince myself that I didn't see what I saw. Okay. Mm -hmm. I spent about two or three days trying to be in denial. Um, but once I come to terms with, I I saw what I saw, my thought was as a father, I had to find somebody that can help them. Okay. So I went to a Baptist church in, in, uh, you know, around close to where I live and told the pastor what was going on. And the pastor said, son, you need to stay away from people like that, which really shocked me because I wasn't expecting that. Um, So then I thought, well, maybe I'll go to the Catholic church. They handle that stuff. They got exorcist, right? I mean, I knew that much.
1: That's So whenever I went
0: to the Catholic church, the Catholic church never said they wouldn't help, okay? They never said that, and I want to make that clear. Mm Mm-hmm. But they say that there's a long process. It's not just like a priest will go in there tomorrow. And I thought they don't have this much time. And I even explained to this priest what I saw. It was almost like, okay, you're telling me this, but do I truly believe? I almost kind of got the feeling that he just really truly didn't believe that I saw what I saw, okay? And well, I found out later, there's a lot of priests within the church that doesn't really believe that, okay? But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, So Jeremy against... My better judgment, I guess, because um, I was going through a nasty divorce at that time. My life was pretty much in shambles at that point in time. Um, I figured, you know what? I would go to work and then come home and I spent the next six months. Now, I didn't stay there every night, but I stayed there a lot in a six months, kind of being a barrier, trying to protect the children more than anything. And what I would do is, I put, I remember I took digital recorders and I put in every single room in that house, every single room in that house. And I let them just play, run 24 hours a day. And then I went and got a one terabyte hard drive and I kept everything on there. And if you go to jeremyleonard.net, there's a clip where you could actually listen to an audio of Jan, which is the oldest daughter under uh temporary possession you now i'm going to warn you warn viewers it's very hard to listen to okay so i'm just going to warn you uh before you do but anyway um i ended up finding somebody to perform an exorcism on joy the mother which is what needed to be done was the first time i ever witnessed anything like that um and i remember holding her down while why the exorcist was doing his thing and a man's voice comes through this little frail woman, Nick. And you remember how I told you I was going through a rough time in my life at that time. Yeah. And that thing looked at me and she said, You think you can help her, pig? This thing had a way of mocking me. It would call me pig because I've always struggled with my weight. Okay. And right. that demons can see through your soul. They know what hurts you. They they know things you keep away from the world, right? right. And it used that and it was like, You think you can help her, you pig? you can't even help yourself you don't even love yourself how do you think you can help her and it just was just kept mocking me and i remember feeling so low because that thing knew everything that i tried to hold hold you know keep secret from the world right and it just spit it out there just like that and that hurt me so so deeply that after that i got out of the paranormal field i got out of it because i seen the dark side and it wasn't fun anymore well in that process i ended up writing a book called the dwelling a dark entity and i wrote the book more as a memoir you know that way my children my grandchildren they would know everything that i experienced with that um, it was basically a record. I, I mean, I don't even promote the book to tell mm-hmm. you the truth. Like, I go to these paracons, I don't, I don't bring copies, I'll tell people about it if they ask. But it's called The Dwelling of Dark Entity. You can get it on Amazon, I think it's like maybe seven bucks. But the funny thing was to show you how faith works that so the book would have been published around 2006, maybe 2007 at the most. Um, but I think it's probably more 2006. I wrote the book almost instantly. And after all of that happened, I only, it only took me maybe six months. I got a friend request from a priest who even knew priests could have Facebook. Okay. <laughs> um, and his name was father Joseph Padre. I just call him father P. Um, but anyway, he, he sent me a message and he said that I read your book and I want to say, I just wanted to reach out to you and tell you that I appreciate and it touched me deeply that you told the truth. You did not make yourself out to be a hero, which a lot of people would have done. And he said, that really resonated with me. And I just want you to know that. And I remember saying, well, thank you. You know, I appreciate it. He says, you know, I'm out of Philadelphia. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I i am was a, or he's still a priest, but he, he was a retired exorcist. He was an exorcist for over 30 years. And of course, when he told me that he was an exorcist, I had a million questions because there was so much I did not know. And I did not understand. And me and him formed a, he was like a father to me. He really was. And we talked back and forth. I remember we would talk on the phone for hours. And uh, one day he invited me to fly up there and see him. And I did. And, uh, you know, that's the first time he brought it to me. He says, I want to train you in spiritual warfare first time he ever asked me i told him no and he said well just hear me out and he told me and he told me see there was one thing nick that always stuck in my mind it was why did that entity reveal itself to me okay all right why because other than joy and the kids nobody the entity never revealed itself and i didn't understand or, or know at the time demons will not reveal themselves unless they feel threatened okay or exposed mm-hmm. that is the only time they will reveal themselves But anyway, he says, Jeremy, I want you to think about this. That entity showed itself to you for one reason, because you were a threat. And I'm like, what do you mean I was a threat? How could I have been a threat? He says, think about what you did. You stayed in a very dangerous environment for a very selflessness reason. You had nothing to gain but other than to truly help them people. You wasn't seeking any notoriety or anything. You stayed there in a dangerous situation that you knew you shouldn't have been in in the first place simply to help another human being. That is powerful, my friend. That is called being pure of heart. And that entity knew that, and it knew that you can destroy it. And when he told me that, it just resonated, and I was like, I I did, didn't I? I had nothing to gain. Other, you know, to do that, I done it simply for them to help them, and I, I accomplished that. I did what I said I was going to do, and at that moment, I thought maybe I do have something. Maybe he's telling me the truth. So then I was like, okay, we'll try it. And but there was so much stuff that I didn't understand because. I mean, there's so much stuff that you could read about demons and stuff like that, but it's all Hollywood, it's all popular belief, and it's right. far from the truth. There's so much bad information out there when it comes to the spiritual world or the, or the celestial world, and things has all been twisted to suit different people's needs and stuff, like you have the New Age, you have the Wiccans, you have all these people with different belief systems that take everything and they distort everything to to benefit them, if you will. Right,
1: yeah. Um. Them look like the yeah. the 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 higher power if right you know, whatever you want to word it like like i created this no you didn't
0: You're right but you see here's the thing even at this point i wasn't a religious person at this point uh and i remember oh well, there goes question this. number three <laughs> okay well well i'm gonna say that I'll, I'll say that then um well no let's just go into it because it's yeah. gonna it's gonna it tells a story i got so a pen i'll mark it off <laughs> so even after I wrote the book, did I say that seeing that entity with my own eyes changed me and I became a real religious person um overnight? No, it didn't. Even whenever I really got into learning spiritual warfare, demonology from Father P, everything started making sense. You know, he would tell me this and he would tell me that and you know, there's there's the Bible, but then there's also religious scriptures that didn't make the Bible. And I'll just use an example the book of Enoch. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a lot out there. But when you, so like d- the book of Genesis, when it says, you know, when man began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, the sons of God saw the daughters of man at that they were fair and they each took wives, all in which they chose. There were giants in the earth in those days and also after that when the sons of God came unto the daughters of man. And that's all it really says. And you're thinking to yourself, well, what is that all about? But when you read the book of Enoch, it goes into more detail. And it's, oh, that's what they're talking about. You know, the angels, the sons of God. Um, But the more you would read, the more you would learn. And I knew for a fact, Nick, that demons are real. So what I remember it dawned on me, well, if demons are real, then guess what? God has to be real too, because you can't have one without the other, just like you can't have day without night. And I remember, oh, wow. Well, to speed it up, when I really became, when God really became my father, okay, Mm -hmm. to put it to you that way, is when the first time I ever done an exorcism, and I asked God, even though I'm a sinner, I asked that you you come through me, use me as a human vessel to do your job here. And look, I felt so electrified, Nick. It, I felt so powerful. I felt that energy and it was the best feeling I ever felt in my entire life. Right. That's whenever, That guess what? That's when my heart truly was given to him because I knew that only in his name could I do this. And he chose me to do this. I truly believe that to this day. I was chosen getting into this was something that I didn't want to do it chose me okay there's something because that, that I would tell darkness
1: that darkness saw in you and there's also something that father P saw in you that
0: absolutely yes both sides
1: it, seen it <laughs> and yeah. you, you've definitely got something that they both saw
0: yeah and, and and not only that it's just so once I started learning Nick it was kind of like this to the celestial world. or or the spiritual world came to me almost naturally it's Mm -hmm. like it got to a point to where the spiritual world made more sense to me than the physical world you know and 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 i i become a true student of it and and i say this to people all the time well you know if you want to get into being a demonologist or something like that because it's the new fab it's the new trend
1: yeah resonate don't do demonology it, man.
0: don't do it because you can hide your true intentions to the world but you can't hide it to that entity when you go face to face with it and if you're not pure that thing's going to chew you up spit you out and the next thing you know you wake up your entire life is ruined
1: destroyed in seconds all because of a title you wanted a cool a cool you title it, you to put it. behind your name guess what yeah, now absolutely. it's time to pay the piper
0: And you want to know what's bad, Nick? There's a lot of people out there in the paranormal field. And look, I'm going to say this. I don't know. I'm not knocking nobody. But one thing about me, I'm going to be truthful. I'm going to tell the honest to God truth. There are a lot of people out there that a lot of people follow that is as phony as you can get. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I see it all the time. But that goes to show you Satan is going to draw more people to his side than God's side. You see what you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but, you know, look, easier. I don't do this. I don't do this for fame. I can care less about that. And I say that all the time. If I never get on another TV show, I can care less.
1: Guess what? Jeremy's still going to go to work tomorrow.
0: Exactly. I'm still going to do what I always done, which is helping people in a situation where they think that they they can't be helped. Because there's no greater feeling than giving someone hope. Hope is a very powerful energy. I guess. When somebody what? truly thinks nobody can help them. And here you come along, the Demods, and you tell them I can help you. For the first time, they say, Well, maybe he's telling the truth. That's called hope. That is very powerful. And that's the first step to winning the battle right there.
1: And uh, that just happens to be something that you specialize in. <laughs> Firefighting and spiritual warfare. You know, and those it's... two
0: those two things really come hand in hand, don't they? You know, yeah, change I mean, your middle name to Hope, a guardian. Yeah. I mean, they guard the public, you know, the public and, and, and their property. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it just kind of goes hand to hand. You're right about that.
1: You just kind of jumped into this with Father P. You weren't really a Bible thumper, per se. Right. So, with without that prior knowledge going in of what you know of the Bible and religion and everything that you know now, how long did your training go with uh, Father P.?
0: Well, Father P. passed away about, let me see, what we were in 2003. Father P. passed away in 2018, so he's been gone for what, three, four, almost six years? Yeah, so, you know, um, I mean, I still study to this day, Nick. I, I'm, yeah. I Like I say, I, I mean, I'm a true student. I mean, you don't have to go far. I'll tell you right here. I mean, I constantly read, you know, and right. different people's views and stuff like that um i think if you ever think you know everything that's when it becomes dangerous so you know knowledge is power and and you'd be surprised you read all of this stuff and you think to yourself well there ain't no way i'm going to remember any of this and whenever the time comes i mean you actually do remember so you'd be surprised um so to answer that question i will say i'm still not done learning I still try to learn to this day as much as that I can. You know, I listen to to everything and anything I could find whether it's YouTube or or reading reading the Bible, to any kind of religious scriptures or anything like that that I can get my hands on. Uh I read other people's uh like there's a lot of uh you know priests out there that has wrote books about exorcisms and stuff like that. Um books one of the, my favorite books that really kind of does a great job of explaining what demons are it's called pigs in the parlor that is a great book and it is referenced to where it explains what they are how they get into people's lives and and so on so great book
1: that was another one of my questions what we just talked about Uh, so demonology is always evolving and it's always continued education Um, can you give the listeners just a little snippet of what's the newest thing that you learned that you didn't know before
0: the newest let's see the newest thing that i've learned before you know i will say this um one of the newest things that i've really dove into in the past year is called is generational curses and bloodline curses you know exactly what they are how do they get involved in people's life and why wow do family members generations down the road where the actual curse took place why do they still suffer from it
1: that gave me goosebumps so that's the bell witch pretty much right
0: yeah almost yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. I, in context it is yeah. um and you know how do you get rid of a generational curse you see did Satan would want you to believe it's very complicated to get rid of of a generational mm-hmm. curse but let me ask you this Nick what is a curse exactly
1: Let me answer it for you. A curse is the
0: opposite of a blessing, okay? Uh, A curse is the opposite of a blessing. So how do you stop a generational curse? All right, a generational curse was put on somebody by a ritual, okay? Right. When you pray to God, that is a ritual, okay? Right. So in order to break a generational curse, you have to... You have to break it at the core. So, here comes when it comes to demonic activity of any kind away. Okay. So, a generational curse is not necessarily per se a demon, but the demon is the gatekeeper of that. Okay. So, this has All been right. done through magic, witchcraft, Satanism, or whatever. The key is given to the demon to lock that box to keep that generational curse going. Okay. Mm hmm. So that is the key. That is the specific point of origin of the generational curse is that right that that entity has. So a demon has to have a legal right to this generational curse. Okay. Now what's more powerful than, than a demon? God, you pray to God, you ask in the blood of Jesus to break the curse. Now visualization is very powerful. Okay. So your thoughts If I asked you what was the pure spiritual side of your existence, Nick, it would be your thoughts. Your thoughts is purely spiritual. Okay. There's nothing physical about your thoughts. However, when you think your thoughts, you are visualizing everything that you are hearing. Like you're, you're, you're visualizing everything I'm telling you right now, whether you realize it or not. (laughs) Okay. So that is called manifesting. You're taking something from a pure spiritual state, which is your thought. You're visualizing it, and you're manifesting it into the real world. Okay, so when you pray and you break that seal, okay, you call up on the archangel Michael. He's gonna go come down beside that entity. He's gonna bitch slap that entity right in the head. Get on out of here. That key, right? He's gonna grab that key, and he's gonna unlock that door. Okay, it's funny and it sounds funny, but that is how spiritual warfare works. You visualize what you want to happen because what's done on earth shall be done in heaven. Why? Because the Bible says so. Okay, so when you visualize that, you and you truly believe this is the key you have to have what faith, okay, truly believe. All right. You ask, you ask for the angel. You ask, you tell God, look, even though I'm unworthy, I ask that you do this one deed for me. Please send down Michael and remove this generational curse in my life. Okay, that's what you do. Now, here's the key. When you pray, most people and a lot of people say, Jeremy, I pray nobody. God never answers my prayer. You know why that is, Nick? Because we live in the physical world. We we live in the flesh. When we pray, it simply is, "Dear God, I'm going through a hard time in my life right now, and I really want you to help me get out of this slump." So you notice how I'm talking. There's no emotion behind what I'm saying right now. I'm just saying yeah. the words. God doesn't hear voices because God is spirit. Spirit doesn't need a voice to be heard. What is what is what did I just tell you? What part of your existence? Would you say purely spiritual, your thoughts? But here, what, what happens with that emotion also comes from that, right? Love. Energy never dies. It just transforms itself from one state to another. You have to truly feel it. You have to truly feel what you're wanting to happen. Feel the love. Feel everything. Put all of that energy into it. That is when he hears it because that energy gives off what? Vibration. Yeah. And that is the voice of the heavenly host. Thanks. All right. that
1: that's most of you know the theories and stuff when we are talking about evp and how we get responses through sp7 it's the vibration
0: Mm -hmm. everything's energy my friend the the
1: audio coming out of the sp7 is manipulated by the spirits that changes the vibration to make their voice and it's all just related. And yeah, like you said, if I were What to did sit, I tell you
0: before? Everything is connected. We just don't realize.
1: If it. I were to sit here and pray for dear God, please shut the lights off in this room. <laughs> I'd be let down. But you know, like you said, if the emotion is there, then you might see something happen. And I think that part of the Christianity and most religions out there is people just jump into it first day in and pray for them. Them lights to be shut off in the room and nothing happens and they're like the hell with this I'm going back to whatever. Well, and the simple horrible... thing
0: is you got to remember what God is. I mean, God is is spirit. Okay, yeah. the lights, electricity, that is man made. That is physical. Yeah. That, that's that is that's terrestrial, not celestial. So you know, it's just kind of like you know, God doesn't interfere with our own free will. Well, our free will is what created electricity in the first place. You get what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely get what you're saying there. This has turned into an actually pretty deep, kick-ass episode so far. Um, <laughs>
0: We're just getting warmed up,
1: folks. <laughs> yeah, we. So still what? Got... Did we, what?
0: What we answer? Three out of your ten questions so far.
1: Uh, out of the fourteen question, we've answered eight.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. We went further yeah. along than I thought.
1: So Jeremy hasn't seen the questions that I come up with. Maybe no, it's I just because we know each other and he kind of has an idea of what I was going to be asking him that he's been able to just go through and psychically <laughs> pick out some of these questions. And as he answers them, I grab my little pen and
0: he's damn, it's like <laughs> darn scribble it, it off, it off.
1: <laughs> scratch that one off. Damn it. Um, speaking of your cases, that you've done over the years it takes a lot you mentioned this earlier it takes a lot to get the church up on off their butts is there a jeremy leonard checklist that must have all the boxes ticked before you say yep that's definitely dark or yep that's absolutely a
0: demonic- absolutely so you know most let's just let's just relate this to you know when you go to a haunted location you are going there to try to prove that it is haunted right See, I do the opposite. Anytime I go on a a case that people claim is demonic, I go there. My job is to prove that it is not demonic. Okay. And there's three things. That's the last
1: thing we want right now. There are three
0: (laughs) things that have to be proven to me before I will say that it's demonic. And two things can't happen, and not the third. And those individual things may vary. It just it just depends on the case. But usually, there's there's three hard facts that I have to say. Okay, before this is demonic. Like for an example, earthbound spirit or earthbound haunting versus demonic haunting or infestation. Earthbound spirits are what spirits that no longer have a human body. They have to draw energy from something to be able to manifest or interact into the the, the terrestrial world which is the physical world that we live in demons do not okay demons number one demons do not want to haunt homes that is not what they do they want to possess or what inhabit they're, someone they're okay? not
1: waiting in that old abandoned farm no they're on the not the edge of town they're, just they're, waiting they're for not. the meddling kids to come out and screw exactly
0: <laughs> exactly so you know all the well we'll get into all of this later people always say oh i got a demonic attachment on a location i'm sorry you didn't okay but anyway so here's the thing earthbound spirits have to draw energy from something to be able to manifest um and they're going to be very limited on what they can do that's why a lot of times you may just hear a disembodied voice you know like footsteps or something like that demons on the other hand don't they can throw a washing machine across the room if they want to okay is there one spot in the home that seems to be more haunted than the other parts of the home Okay, because demons have what I like to call a lair, a place a that nest. is not heavily, not doesn't have a lot of traffic in the family, to where it likes to dwell, if you will, while the infestation stage is going on. So you're probably asking, what is an infestation stage? So infestation means that we have invited. Okay, believe it or not, Nick, you know, demons don't just show up in people's lives. You have to invite them into your life. Think oh, about vampires, for an vampires, example. Vampires, yeah. They, they have to be invited into your home, correct? That stands for demonic activity. Demons have to be invited into someone's life. Okay, so let's just say the. The the demon's been invited in. Oh, and I hear all of these people listening to this podcast saying, well, wait a minute, Jeremy, how could you invite a demon into your home? Well, let me enlighten you people (laughs) right now. So all of you paranormal investigators out there, who all has done spirit box sessions in their home? Me, me, me. Y'all all all raising your hand right now. Let me explain something to you. That is how you invite them in, okay? Why? Because your home is your sanctuary, the place that you feel safe all right? Anytime that you communicate with a spirit, and especially anytime you open yourself up or get personal with a spirit, you are doing what you are inviting that spirit in. And look, I'm going to tell you this, guys. Demons, don't present themselves as something ugly and nasty no they present themselves something as a little child or a harmless woman or something like that because our uncle bob even hey uncle bob passed away a couple of months ago and here you are doing a spirit box session in your house and uncle bob is talking to you oh my god uncle bob so now you think you're talking uncle bob and you start asking questions about your you your family things like that that's not uncle bob remember this nick there is no rule anywhere that says spirits have to be honest with you right what oh my god no they do not have to be honest with you they will pretend to be something else usually loving or cuddly that way you will invite them in and once you invite them in the infestation starts now that's when you're going to have objects that will disappear objects may levitate um you may get the sensation of being held down at night, bruises on your body, scratches. Usually, uh scratch knocks on the wall at 3 a.m. in the morning. But here is the thing. All of that also could be a lot of other things. But let's just say you had the smell of sulfur in your house, the smell of rotting flesh, and it's real strong in that one room that I was telling you about that seems to be more activity that happens in that room than the rest of the house okay foul smell smell of sulfur that's number one on my list so let's mark that off right there so if i start talking to the client and i'm doing a face-to-face interview and i say well you got a demon in your house how did it get in your house in the first place because demons don't just show up in people's lives yeah invited oh well, me and my cousin me and my cousin was playing with a ouija board last month and you know what happened? That doll just flew off of that that dare Ouija board, and up oh, up. Oh, okay. So that's number two on my list right there. You get where I'm going with this? There's a pattern here. Um, you know, invitation,
1: so, inventation, your nest egg.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, you invite these things in. Now, remember, again, I said demons don't want to haunt a location. That's not what they would. They want to gain possession. But the crazy thing is that you have to give this thing permission to possess you. Now, what, but that's the third stage. Let's go to the second stage. So once the infestation begins, the demon is kind of getting the feel for the family, okay? Because why? It has a legal right to be there now, all right? So now it's trying to see who has the weakest willpower, okay? Who has the weakest will? because they hate us because we have free will and that's what they want to attack more than anything. So then, uh, you know what? This, this little guy here, Nick, he seems to be pretty weak-minded. So now I am going to attach myself to him. That is when the stage of oppression begins, which is the second stage of a demonic haunting. So what happens during the stage of oppression? It starts to manipulate. You ever watch 28 Days Haunted? There's a guy named Jeremy Leonard there that was being oppressed. Okay? All he, he wanted to do was sleep. Mind, okay, that's me. Yes, I'll admit I made mistakes just like everybody else does. Well, here's the thing. So now it's trying to break me, break, Nick down spiritually, physically, isolate him, completely break his will, going to use who and what he loves the most against him until let's just use an example, do whatever you want to do to me, but leave my family alone. Well, good God almighty, you just granted permission for possession to begin. Remember folks, these things are very, very clever. That's how it happens. Next question, please. (laughs) Next question,
1: please. uh, Now you
0: was thinking, what was you thinking? I Well, you said,
1: invitation oppression then you kind of just infestation
0: oppression and then possession
1: all right you covered all three
0: yes that's the three stages of a demonic haunting
1: all right um have all of your cases been one and done or have you had to go back and give it that double tap
0: pow, pow. <laughs> i'm gonna tell you like this it's not magic nick it's definitely right. not magic, okay. Um, believe it or not, if if so, especially on possession cases. Uh, but I want to make this clear: possession cases are rare. However, right. oppression cases are fairly common. Okay, uh, if you get in an there and do a one and done, you're pretty lucky. Usually, uh, usually it does. It takes two or three. I mean, it's been as much as five or six times, you know, during a deliverance or an exorcism over that person before the entity is free, because before the person is free of the entity because demons like to travel in packs okay uh or legions as they like to call it in other words when one demon gains possession over a person he usually lets all his buddies know that way they can come and hang out and inhabit there too so uh you know that is why a lot of stuff especially when we talk about mental illness in today's world such as schizophrenia and both bipolarism now i want to make this 100 percent no, these mental illness does exist there is a true diagnosis of people that suffer from mental illness such as bipolarism and schizophrenia but
1: mm-hmm. i will
0: tell you this too possession almost mimics them to the t okay? okay so it's really hard sometimes to be able to distinguish between the two and as a demonologist okay that's part of your job to be able to figure out well if you're like me I don't have the resources to call in, you know, a doctor to come in and give this person a psychological evaluation. So I got to think outside the box. How can I determine whether this person truly possessed or if it's truly mental ill? And I'll give you an example of one way that I do it. Well, I'll give you an example of of a case that I've done. I was doing a face-to-face interview with a client, just like I'm doing you now. And I noticed she didn't have any shoes on. Okay. And... My warped mind, come up with the bright idea. Well, you know what? I am going to, okay, what I'm I'm going to go ahead and challenge and see if I can figure out if this person is truly possessed or if it's in fact a mental illness. So this is what I've done. I told her that I was going to do a blessing over her apartment. But in order to do that for her own safety, I needed her to leave while I performed it. So this is what I've done. I got one of my team members to stand by the door to make sure they wasn't looking in or anything. And I didn't do a blessing on the home. I took holy water. Okay. And I rubbed it on the floor, right where her feet was. Now you may ask Jeremy, why did you do that? Well, there's two reasons really that I did that because one, it's going to tell me whether it's mental illness or not. Okay. Or going to tell me if that person is truly possessed because if she, if it's demonic or spiritual, one or two things is going to happen when her feet when her feet hit that floor. One, she's going to grab her feet and say her feet's on fire. Or number two, she's going to go in an all-out rage. Okay, now if it's mental illness, okay, absolutely nothing's going to happen whenever she her she t- her feet touches that floor. Well, sure enough, the second she sat down, she grabbed her feet and said her feet was on fire. Okay, so guess what? My team members already knew. One grabbed her on each hand. We strapped her down, and I exercised her right in and there. All right. So (laughs) it's important that whoever you work with understands the dangers in an environment such as that, because it could be very dangerous. And these things have the ability to also manipulate other people in the room. Remember, that entity is going to do whatever it possibly can to get you to stop at that moment. So when I start, if I start doing an exorcism and it could distract me and get me to stop, then guess what? It unwinds everything that I've done up until that point. So, you look, you always got to, it's like football, man. You got to plan, game plan ahead. Okay, this possible scenario may happen, or this scenario happens. We're not sure about this. We need to try this. Always go in there with a game plan.
1: Bingo. And, uh, uh am I, I'm off mute. All right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you football and uh I took a defensive driving course that's really translated into oh, my Oh, me too. Entire, I to take one every year. <laughs> it translates into my entire life. Part of defensive driving is, you know, to be defensive on the road but always leave yourself an out. And yes. that translates into almost every aspect of your life is, yes, you absolutely. know, when you're doing something, always have yourself an out. Have a plan B. Yes. And just like that story, I mean, just like everything Jeremy said, He might have a plan A, which is execute, but he's also got a plan B, which is still execute, but we're gonna change it up just a little bit and still execute.
0: And you brought up, you brought up a perfect, I mean, you're right. It translates into your life because I'm gonna tell you this, Nick, especially the term spiritual warfare. Okay. That term itself, what is spiritual warfare? It is a battle that takes place spiritually. Mm -hmm. We face spiritual warfare every single day of our lives, whether we realize it or not. And understanding that. Okay. And giving yourself an out in every situation that you face in life. I mean, you're right. You are 100% right. It correlates into our everyday lives, whether we realize it or not.
1: Yeah, it's pretty badass right there. That's all I got to say. That little moment that just have that's powerful information that people need to know just because there's action at the front door. You never know if you dip through the alley and come in the back door, what you can achieve. Wait a minute. You
0: you want to know what I'm starting to pick up here? (laughs) Starting to pick up that Mr. Nick Simons, Mr. Skeptical himself. I think I'm really touching him deep tonight with some of these, these uh, responses.
1: Oh no. uh, We've covered this. Uh, I'm not Mr. Skeptical. I'm just, these, but I these want pretty you blue be, shits in my head right here, they got to see it for themselves. <laughs> but I
0: want you I want you to be Mr. Skeptical. Look, being yeah. skeptical is healthy in everything. Just like I was telling you absolutely. with me, I go in trying to prove that it is not. Every case that I do, I go in with a skeptical mind frame. I want to prove that it's not for number one. Nick, if I can prove that it's not demonic, that's going to save me a lot of trouble. That's less trouble, trouble for you. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I mean, that means I don't have to put myself in danger. Because people don't understand that. Anytime you do that, anytime you you confront these entities, you put yourself in danger. I mean, look at the look at what happened to me on Twenty Eight Days Haunted. I mean, I had a heart attack. I mean, just gonna attack you where you're you're weak and vulnerable. And I mean, what did I have heart problems going into the show? Probably so. But the entity there saw it, and it realized that and it used that to its advantage. I truly one hundred percent believe that.
1: It saw your heart just like it saw your your deepest darkest secrets all them yes, years ago absolutely uh, and that segues into my next question uh, besides 28 days haunted have you ever been hurt
0: um yeah, yeah <laughs> man i've been so I'm all right let's go back um uh, i've had my eye completely swollen shut um
1: like a bee sting?
0: No, by okay. something punched just, me right in the right in the face. And the funny thing is, you know when somebody punches you, you don't feel the impact of the punch, but you know how you can feel all that blood running up to the to the, to the surface of surface of your skin. I felt that. Right. I mean, it's just like that heat. Uh, my eye was completely swollen shut. I've been pushed downstairs before. Um, I've been scratched. I can't even tell you how many times I've been scratched. I've had a washing machine um that lifted up off the air by by something that's not there you know logically thinking it completely was thrown across the room at me um i was doing an exorcism on a house before there was like a roaring noise like a lion and the entire house started vibrating uh like as if a train was going through the house that case was actually on uh on an episode called uh, paranormal witnesses called the demon house it's funny the the person that they have playing me <laughs> all right because <laughs> See, that show is not set up for paranormal investigators in other words they won't no, let you go on there It'd be they just want
1: your story they got right they
0: just want your story but the, the uh the person that plays me is kind of like this old preacher guy and like it's just funny <laughs> because I was, it, it just blows my mind and they, they, they completely left out so much stuff to the story, but of course they only have like 30 minutes to tell it, but right. check it out on parent. It's called paranormal witness. It's called the demon house. Uh, that house has been sold about seven or eight times in, in the past several years. Um, uh, that house is bad. What happened was that house had a, uh, uh, a couple bought the house. this two story house, beautiful house. They got it for like hundred and thirty thousand dollars when it should have been like a two hundred to three hundred thousand dollar house. And upstairs, in one particular room, we were talking about the demonic layer and most activity was going there. But this thing was really uh, manipulating the the mother of the house. And they were they wouldn't they wasn't even living in the house. They was living in a camper outside because they were remodeling it. Uh, you know, I, I they called me a paranormal team went in called Paranormal Society of New Orleans and um they investigated the house and they pulled me in and we were I, w- I was doing prayers in the house, Nick, and the Bible there was a Bible sitting on a table and that Bible just opened up on itself and the pages was flying open and stuff. I every every REM pod K two meter we had in the house was like going crazy. Well to make a long story short, um I got this intuition that the carpet needed to be pulled up from upstairs bedroom. And now imagine this, I had to convince this man to pull up carpet in his house that he just bought because I thought there was something there. And sure enough, whenever we pulled up the carpet, there was a satanic pentagram on the floor in the upstairs bedroom so whoever lived in the house prior to that was was uh doing satanic rituals and stuff in it and that's how the entity got into the home those are those rare cases you know how i say demons do not haunt locations they haunt people nick however if they get if they get conjured up during a satanic ritual the entity is bound to the house is basically imprisoned in that house so whoever moves into that house the entity has a legal right to even though they didn't know it, but they bought the house with their own free will. That's including everything that was in the house, you see.
1: I'll pull that floor up and replace the floor. We did. We, did.
0: We, we, we So what we done was we ended up pulling up the floor, okay, completely pulling up the floor and everything and you never want to burn something like that because whatever is locked in it when you burn it you're going to set it free so you either bury it on hollow ground or you submerge it in water well of course we live in a swamp over here so it's not hard <laughs> to find wetland or stuff so we went way up in the swamp and, and and submerged it in water uh to where it'll never be found
1: so. took a captain caviar tour out into the swamp and just, caviar.
0: we just gotta drop this captain wood off. A couple off <laughs> If y'all don't know what Nick's talking about, you gotta watch uh, Ghost of Morgan City episode three. That's Captain Caviar. So <laughs> he had his boat, and uh, I got a picture of me standing there, and on his boat is written Captain Caviar.
1: And uh he, uh, J- Jeremy, not Captain Caviar. Jeremy posted the picture of him standing in the boat with yes. the with the, the logo that says Captain Caviar.
0: Yes, he is. And quite from a that
1: day forward, Jeremy's name on my phone went from Jeremy Leonard to <laughs> Captain, Captain Caviar. Caviar. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, I love
1: it. Well, so every time I get a text from him, it goes. <laughs>
0: It's Captain Kaviar.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that X is out that question. We're almost to the end of our questions. So is it uh, only Christian cases that you tackle or are you a sweetheart and are you going to be going after Hinduism, Islam, um, Judaism, the Sikhs, uh, Buddhism, and so on and so forth?
0: um i do have so yeah i handle a lot of cases with a lot of people that uh have different backgrounds they could even be atheists okay mm-hmm. and here's why once i engage let's just say if i'm going to do an exorcism on somebody that's possessed and, and they they may be an atheist okay so how does that work two things they have to give me permission have to jeremy i want you to perform an exorcism on me they have to physically say that why just like they invited this entity into their life, they are now inviting me in. So that makes me and that entity on the same level battlefield, right? Mm-hmm. From that moment forward, it has nothing to do with that person. It's the will of the exorcist against the will of the demonic entity. So at that point, their faith really doesn't isn't relevant. However, I will say this, after the exorcism and the expulsion, all right, there's three parts to a um, an exorcism or deliverance. You have the asking for the authority, uh, praying for protection. The expulsion would be the second part. The third part would be a new beginning, healing, healing, inner healing, okay? When somebody experiences something like that and they're finally free of it, their mind's not clouded anymore, you know, I'm not... Look, I'm, I'm a Christian, okay, 100%, but I don't push my belief on other people, and I never have. You know why? Because there's no need to, because when somebody experiences something like that, and old Jeremy comes along here that believes in God, and he's given the power through God to expel this entity, they learn to turn to God on their own. So uh, to answer that question, uh, yeah, look, just because they may not believe in the same belief systems that I have, doesn't mean i'm not going to help them
1: right that's kind of cool because it goes back to what you mentioned earlier about yeah. spiritual warfare coming yeah. from within your head it doesn't matter what right. that entity is as long
0: as you're... once they give me permission once they invite me in by saying out loud jeremy i give you permission then guess what just like they invited it into their life they just invited me into their life so now that's the face-off, right? That's the boxing match, right before the bells rung. You are right. sitting there, you're looking at your component. You're going, so they're they're right there in front of one another, right? You don't know who's going to win. They both look right. almost the same. So then it becomes the will between the exorcist and the entity. The only event, the only bad thing about it is the demon can lose to face another uh, another battle or get another victim, right? But guess what? I can't lose. So I have to call upon the power, the higher power, the power that the entity is scared of, and that's the blood of Christ.
1: Well, this is a, a twofer. How do you feel demonology is being portrayed in modern media? And the second part of that will be, and how does that portrayal, whether it's whether your answer is positive or negative, how does that affect how you present yourself in public and online and try to get people to listen to your word with whatever the portrayal of demonology on, you know, the internet, television, uh, whatever that portrayal is, does it affect what you do?
0: I'll answer the first question on uh, last. No, I don't let it affect me. But what really does irritate me more than anything, as far as the way demonology is portrayed there's a lot of bad information out there and there's a lot Bingo. of people out there that claim they are, are demonologists, you know, look, and I'll give you an example. Nate. one thing that drives me absolutely nuts is you go to these paracons and then you have people that, that say they're demonologists and they walk in with their priest outfit on for God's sakes. You know, that really irritates me. I, that, that That wounds me or pierces me very deeply. It's Um, like
1: buying a police uniform online. No, you have to do certain things to get that clergyman.
0: Right, right, absolutely. If you have to make yourself look the part, then there's probably, you're not really the part. Because if you are the part, then why does it matter what you wear? I wear regular clothes. I don't wear all of that. Okay. Um, And these same people, they go to these things and they give people so much bad advice i can't tell you how many times somebody would contact me and say well i talked to such and such he's a demonologist and he said that uh it's this or it's that or whatever and i'm like oh my god you know it, it just drives me nuts i don't like the fact that it's the new trend in the paranormal it's kind of like being a psychic medium everybody's a psychic medium nowadays. yeah yeah and that's... it's just kind of like writing a book everybody in the paranormal field nowadays is writing a book of some kind
1: this, is, are, you know, this is kind of what I saw in my head when I come up with this question. Is yeah, Anybody can be like, I'm a medium. Oh, I feel a child presence here. Well, there's never yeah, children it, at it, this it, location. Oh, well, it followed one of us here. And you can do the same with demonology. Ooh, there's, you know, anybody can put a title on, but you have to walk the walk and talk to talk.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, too, what's bad about demonology is there's no there's no degree that you can get in you know in the field of demonology demonologist is unlike is an archaeologist you can actually go to college and get a degree in it or, or whatnot i mean demonology is one of those things or demonologists i should say do you know it is i mean you could become a, a a parapsychologist i mean you could get a degree in that but that doesn't necessarily pertain to demonology in in, in general
1: hell half like, the time parapsychology doesn't even pertain to ghosts
0: no no it really doesn't <laughs> it doesn't at all um and there, there's just so much there's just so many people that jump on the bandwagon and, it, and it's just kind of like and i'll use an example you notice how everybody nowadays has a haunted doll in the paranormal field
1: oh um, that- so, <laughs> look
0: I'm glad it's that's not worst. a question that you asked me because I would go off on that rant for a very long time. Uh, so, I mean, come on! If you had a truly possessed doll or demonic doll in your home, it would destroy your life, brother. Trust me. Okay, you're not going to be bringing it to these little paracons in our little glass case and saying, "Oh, look, this! I have a demonic doll." Or, or, I mean, come on, get real. That that's nothing but a gimmick, just like a wrestler and WWF has a gimmick yeah. of, of the character they play. All that is, is a gimmick to say, Hey, I have this, look at me. And, that, and that's what, you know what? That's what really lurks me about the paranormal field. Nick has really become about, Hey, look at me. Look what I got that nobody else does. This is my gimmick. This is why you should like me. And I people know. want to be on television so bad to where it completely consumes their entire life. Not only that, being a paranormal investigator, consumes people's life and i hate to say this people but it's true and you need to really think about this the word obsession which is what a lot of i see in the paranormal field that is what an open invitation people when you become obsessed with something it's no longer jeremy leonard the paranormal investigator it's the paranormal investigator jeremy leonard being a paranormal investigator when it becomes your entire life and that is how you label yourself that is called obsession that is dangerous See this old boy here? I keep those two worlds separate. There's the demonologist when I have to be. But if you go to my personal Facebook page, I don't ever hardly post nothing demonology or or paranormal wise. I keep those two lives separate. I do not become obsessed with it. Why? Because if I did, my life would be destroyed tomorrow.
1: That's what I tell people all the time. You see these folks on TikTok. They're live every single night doing an investigation. To me, being a TV person, Been on that side. That's not for me. That seems like want to
0: be famous, Nick. It's it seems like a curse. It is like a a curse, curse. and they go beyond. I mean, they they make themselves look so bad because they will get on Facebook and they will dog somebody out there because they're wanting all the attention, but. In reality, they made the post so that they can get attention. But it's like nobody sees that. And here's another thing, Nick, that I really want you to think about for a moment. When you talk about the negativity in the paranormal field, it's very negative place. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. (laughs) But nobody takes time to sit and wonder why that is. And I'm going to tell you why that is. Think about this. Every single weekend, you have thousands. Nowadays, it's thousands of paranormal teams go and investigate in these dark energy locations. Doesn't mean it's demonic, just dark energy, okay? So they spend three or four hours in these locations. Think of it as standing by a campfire. When you stand by a campfire, that smoke gets in your clothes, right? It takes Mm -hmm. a while for that smoke to evaporate. When you go to these dark locations, you absorb it. Perfect example, on your way to the investigation, oh, everybody's happy, everybody's singing, yeah, yeah, we're going to hunt ghosts, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the end of the night, you're mortal enemies. You're barely even speaking.
1: It's a quiet and, ride home.
0: Right, quiet ride home. Then the team goes and they look through their evidence and they post uh, an orb that they captured on their investigation, right? They put it on social media. Joe Blow over here that was doing the same exact thing earlier that night or last night, he's looking at that. He's like, putting the orb That's dust. So he's going to put in his two cents and make a little comment about it. Right. So then the one that originally made the post is going to be like, well, I'm a professional paranormal investigator. He ain't going to talk to me like that. I know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> then they're going back and forth. Right. So then the other person that done the same exact thing, they're going to put in their two cents. And then it's just like a snowball effect. Okay. Why? It's because of all that dark energy you people are bringing in Okay. And all of this obsession wanting to be famous, which is a negative energy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it just snowballs and it just dwells up in the so-called paranormal community. And you know, I hate to say, this, but people that spend their entire life, Nick, trying to get on television, and I'm just being honest here, they're the ones that will never get that opportunity. Never get that opportunity. I didn't want. To. I mean, but the ones that put the whole reason, see, when we when we first got into the paranormal field, Nick, I know, especially in my days, we didn't do it. All, I mean, hell, the only paranormal shows they had was Ghost Hunters, Ghost Lab, and I don't even know if Ghost Adventures was out at that time. We got, yeah. I got into it to truly help people, but most people do that. Whenever they get into the paranormal field, they get in it to truly help people, but then they see this person getting, you know, putting a YouTube video on, or or now got a show on Paraflix or something like that. Well, they want to do the Live same thing. Live on
1: Facebook. Or...
0: This was making a documentary. I'll make a documentary. A TV show. Don't want to pick me up. I'll make my own TV series. Right. Okay, and then it, and then it becomes well. I'm not caring about doing private cases anymore. Forget about helping people. I want to do all these haunted historical locations, you know, so I can make my documentary. They get away from the reason why they got in the paranormal field in the first place. And I'm sorry, but that really lurks my nerve. All right. You forget who you are, where you come from. You're so worried about where you want to be or who you want to be. You forget where you are, who you truly are and where you come from and why you started doing it in the first place
1: want to be on tv i want to quit my nine to five
0: Being on up. TV is not all that great trust me hey Heads look, up. i've been I on two television shows and i still got to work a nine to five job i can walk into town and some people don't even know who i am do i care no i prefer it that way yes
1: yeah, it's, it's it's nice and quiet that way jeremy works i work i just drove to chicago this week to go visit a customer didn't walk in to, for the customer visit and have them be like, oh my gosh, it's Nick Simons from 28 Days Haunted. It's, oh my gosh.
0: Hey, you, you want to know one Thank thing? Thank God you're you-
1: here because yeah. your aluminum is stupid. <laughs> we'll get another question for you before we wrap it up for the night. How do you feel? This is a touchy one. I'm I'm guilty of this one. How do you feel about people doing investigations in
0: cemeteries? Well... So when it comes to people doing investigations in cemeteries, there's, there's really, look, can I say, look, I'm just going to be honest with you. You said you've done it before. When I first got into paranormal field, I did it. Okay. Ah. So, so, but knowing what I know now, there's part of me that says it's disrespectful to the dead for one, but I'm going to tell you why. Okay. This is the reason why Nick, think about this when you die. Okay. When you die, you no longer have any connection to your physical body whatsoever. Okay. Think it's about gone. that.
1: It's just a it's show. Gone.
0: You no longer have any connection to your physical body whatsoever. Earthbound spirits usually haunt locations that they were what? Familiar with when they were alive. Okay. Think about that. So when I die, I'm not going to go hang out in a cemetery where my body is that I absolutely have no connection with absolutely anymore. that's that's crazy why would i do that i'm gonna go hang out in the place that maybe i died in could have been my home or something like that or something like that i am going to i mean so here's the thing just like people claim that spirits follow their home so an earthbound spirit that has no connection to you whatsoever you think they're just going to follow you home no They don't haunt people. They haunt locations, something they were familiar with when they were alive. And I'll give you a perfect example, Nick. We talked about the Myrtles Plantation earlier, right? Well, the Myrtles Plantation has a well-known spirit. There, Her name is Chloe. She She was a slave, okay? Now, thousands of people go to the Myrtles Plantation and they capture evidence of Chloe at the Myrtles Plantation. But you ever notice that Chloe is always at the Myrtles Plantation? She never just followed some random stranger, home right think about that for a moment why would i mean why would i if i was a spirit want to follow a random stranger home no i would rather stay you know where i felt that a part of me existed at one time which is the location or the home okay so let's go back to the cemetery thing why would you hang out where your body is buried that you have absolutely no connection with whatsoever anymore you're not okay however Demons do. You know why? You want to know why, Nick? Why demons do that? Well, it's one, when it's the, the same family... reason
1: ghost hunters go to prisons, asylums, dot, hospitals, cemeteries, because it's easy targets.
0: No. Well, yeah. But, it's but, easy targets
1: mean... for us, but.
0: Yeah, that, that's the pest that... paranormal investigators. And we're going to yeah. get to that for a moment. But when it comes to the families, why? Because why would demons hang out there? Because when the families come to pay respects to their loved ones, they're what spiritually weak. They're upset.
1: They're they're sad. I miss you. I wish you were still here.
0: Okay, exactly. I will do anything to bring you back. I wish you were here. All of that. They are spiritually weak. So that entity waits around, lingers around waiting for someone to just say those words that may invite them in to give them a legal right okay again a demon has to have a legal right to somebody that is why they call it the right of exorcism because you are breaking the legal right the entity has okay but let's just say somebody says i would do anything to have you back blah 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 just happen to say the right words and i'm not saying those are exactly the right words however now this entity has been invited in okay or let's just say somebody says please speak to me or whatever whatever the case may be Not to mention these pesky paranormal investigators that these entities know they're going to go to those Those cemeteries and try to communicate with Buck. Why? Because it says it right there on the headstone. I'm talking to Buck Jones. How you doing? What's your name, Buck? What's your last name, Jones?
1: That was my great-grandfather's name, actually. Right
0: there. It must be. Buck Simons. Yeah. (laughs) So if I think I'm talking to Buck Jones, well, I'm probably, especially a little girl. And this is where the trap really falls in with people when, when, when paranormal investigators think they're talking to children, their guard just completely goes out of the window. Okay. So then these demons know these paranormal investigators are going to come and try to talk to uncle Buck. Why? Because it says it right there on the headstone. So I'm going to pretend to be with, uh, I'm going to pretend to be uncle Buck. That uncle way they'll Buck. invite me. In, and guess what? It's lunchtime. lunchtime. You get what I'm saying?
1: i get what you're saying i just hope that you know it's not falling on deaf ears and somebody somewhere hears this and says ah and they take Dang, that
0: boy jeremy might know what he's talking about yeah. now nah, nah, he don't know what he's talking about i'm gonna do it anyway i can hear him
1: <laughs> that poor crime from punch louisiana <laughs> is up to something right um yeah hopefully somebody hears it and um take something away from that and that brings us to the final final question um along those lines cuz everything's kind of tied together tonight is there any final messages that you'd like to give to the listeners from a seasoned demonologist such as
0: yourself um Oro. But you know what? So I'm going to, I I like to end things on a positive note. So I'm I'm not going to give any, any negative, uh, any any negative message out there. Um, look, I'm going to tell you this, if you're dealing with something in your life and you feel that it's hopeless, you know, whether you think you're dealing with an attachment of some kind, or or demonic entity that may be attached to you or or something like that. And you feel that you don't have control of, of your life and you feel hopeless. And a lot of people feel that, you know, I get that a lot. I just want you to know that God will always put in your path what you need to get to where you truly want to be and who you truly want to be. But this is what we need to understand. We have free will. okay, And that's what gets us in a lot of trouble. So the very definition of insanity, let's just throw that out there. What is that? That's doing the same thing in our life over and over and over again and expecting a different outcome. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes we have to step away from the environment that we're so used to being in. You know, if you're used to being in a in, in a in a physical or abusive relationship, sometimes it's hard for it as bad as it sounds. We're used to that. Uh, and almost being in a normal relationship seems alien to us. So we always run back to that abusive relationship. Well, guess what? See, you're making that choice with your own free will. OK, sometimes we have to step out of our comfort zone to get to and to be who we truly want to be all right and it's important to understand this you could be anything you want in life in fact you can have anything in life that you want okay let's just say nick wants a, a million dollars right he's probably thinking to himself a million dollars yeah right or you may want a new car and you're like yeah okay well i asked for a new car and i'm driving around in a hoopty okay here's the thing you have to visualize what you want again as i said earlier visualization is very powerful you have to train yourself to stop saying i want to have a million dollars or i want that new car why nick because the word want is a negative thought that is negative energy Mm-hmm. OK, you have to learn to think positive instead of saying I want, say I will. I will have a million dollars. I will get that car that I want. I will put myself in a better, unabusive relationship. I will go up the ladder instead of falling back down the ladder. I will stop drinking. I will stop smoking. I will stop doing all of this of saying I want to, but I feel that I can't. Visualize yourself every day. That it's already happened. You've got that million dollars, you got that car, you stopped, you've been out of that relationship. Visualize what a good relationship would be like, how you're gonna feel, and all of those things. And guess what? Again, God will put what you want in your path, but you choose whether you go the right hand path or the left hand path. Okay. Always remember that. There's always and, and here's another very important thing to understand. There's always, no matter how bad of a situation you're in right now, okay, maybe your husband left you, maybe your wife left you, you know, you're going, something really bad happened in your life. Here's the thing you got to understand. Something good will always come out of a bad situation. Just like night and day, you have, you can't have night without day, you can't have bad without good. So if something bad happens, something good will come out of that bad situation. But here's the key of how you make it happen. You can't live for yesterday. Mm -hmm. You can't live for tomorrow if you're living for yesterday. You have to live for today if you want to live for tomorrow. And that's very important to understand. We Look, we as human beings, we always have the tendency to hold um, all our hurt, pain, anger, all of this stuff deep inside. It's human nature. But again, what is that? That is negative energy. Okay? When you hold that negative energy in instead of releasing it, what is it doing? It's feeding. It's pulling in more negative things into your life constantly okay yep. until it gets to the point to where the, your body can no longer sustain it you're going to go into a real deep depression or you may even have symptoms of your house being haunted but it's not a demon it's not a ghost it's, it's what i call a manifestation you are manifesting this energy by all the pain all the hurt everything that you're keeping in that you will not let go you're giving this stuff life And all it's going to do is destroy your life. So you have to let go of all of that. You have to forgive those who have hurt you in life, not for them, but for you. Why? Because you can't live for tomorrow. If you're living for yesterday, very important. Again, visualize yourself. Look, I, I do this on a regular basis and it sounds stupid, Nick, but it works. There's a balloon on the top of my head, all the negative energy. I'm pulling it from the floor. It's going through my body and it's going into this big balloon. Right. And then guess Mm -hmm. what? At the end, I visualize myself cutting that card, watching that balloon fly away get on out of here symbolically i am releasing all of that so that's the message that i want to give and it really you would think that that message doesn't pertain to demonology or spiritual spiritual warfare but but it does 100 percent. again we battle spiritual warfare every single day of our life every moment of our life whether we realize it or not
1: you got to be mentally tough in this game and um You know, sometimes it's not monsters that are under your bed as much as it is the monsters that are inside of your head. And uh, you need to learn to get rid of those. And, you know, there's always going to be somebody out there to talk to, whether you're inside of your own head and you think nobody wants to listen to you. People always want to be out there to listen to you as a 38 year old.
0: God, uh, you're so young.
1: (laughs) A lot of the things that Jeremy just said, um, whether... Whatever your age is, uh, you need to take it and listen to it because he's right on a lot of things. And uh, my little advice to you is, you know, go to therapy. I go to therapy. Um, you don't have to pay the big bucks to go see a professional doctor, but just go and find somebody that you can talk to because sometimes Absolutely. the best help that somebody can get is just to be able to talk to somebody and get and have, have, and have
0: somebody not judge you. that's that's yeah. what and look, I get that a lot, Nick. A lot of people come to me um, you know with 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 personal problems, family problems. And, and you would be surprised how much you can lift somebody up by having them have someone to talk to. And that's not going to judge them for. It. And I tell people all the time, it's not my job to judge you.
1: Absolutely. If you have something
0: you want to say, I will listen to you. You know. So yeah. I completely understand. Yes. It. Nick's right. Nick's one hundred percent right on that.
1: Yes, that's that's, ranking awesome. Especially you being the demonologist because you can be there listening to this person pouring their heart out, and you can click over. You can shut off. Yeah. Jeremy Leonard, the demonologist, and you can click on Jeremy Leonard the.
0: The compassionate human being, you know, the, absolutely. Yeah,
1: and you can whip out the Bible and lick your finger. And let me just flip to this page and you can read some uplifting, positive scripture that they hopefully will take and be like, Oh, I feel so much better. And all of a sudden, <laughs> excuse me, ma'am, you don't have a demon, but you are going to have to pay me for my psychological health.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I charge by the minute. Dr. minute, <laughs> yeah. but. But let me throw this out there real real quick. Um, so I came across um, Horn Paranormal at um, at a paracon a couple of weeks ago, and and Nick they were generous enough they they sent me two SLS cameras. And this weekend, what this weekend coming up, I'm actually going to use them, uh, and I'll give a review on it. And what what really drew me to them was that they make really quality equipment and they're cheap but I'm going to do a review on that. And I'll have that on my YouTube channel, uh, you know, later. It'll be the first thing I posted on YouTube in a very long time. Wow! Um, so yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there real quick. And, you know, if, look, if anything that, that I told you tonight or, you know, that you listened to tonight, rather I should say, or when you're listening to your podcast, cause it won't actually be released until yeah. Tuesday. If yes. it resonates with you, Look, I'm always there. You can send me a message, ask me a question. It might take me a couple of days to to get to it. And you might even see where I read it. But I will get back to you. I will answer your question. I live a very, very, very busy life. Nick knows this, trust me. Um, But also, if you're interested in learning demonology, I'll say this. And this is something I tell people they need to think about all the time. If you want to become a demonologist, if you feel that it is your true calling, not just some fab that you're going through, but if you feel it's your true calling and you think, oh, how cool it is to be a demonologist. Remember this. Once you walk through that door, once you become a demonologist and you start taking on cases, the entities that you do battle with forever Seek you out for the rest of your life. In other words, what, I'm sitting in my, I'm sitting in here right now in this lighted area doing this podcast right outside that window where the light meets the darkness. Mm-hmm. They're waiting. They're waiting for me to be spiritually weak to attack me. And I know this. I accepted that risk freely, and I knew that risk the very second I, that I ever decided to start taking on active They've cases. been
1: pissed off at you for quite a while. Yeah.
0: Right. I mean, it's just like you get in a fight with somebody. You beat them up, they want revenge, Right. Right. They're the same way. They're highly intelligent. And look, demons have their own personality. Every last one of them, they're different. They have their own unique personality. But if you're willing to accept that, okay, or you're just curious about the topic of demons and demonology, now I'll say this, there is nothing dangerous about knowledge. Knowledge is power, right? It only becomes dangerous when you decide to actually start taking on active cases. All right? That's when it becomes dangerous. If you're just curious, knowledge is power. Look, I offer an online demonology course. And if you take uh, the demonology 101, it's it's four weeks. In other words, you will have access to the site for four weeks and you could just free for all. It's all done. It's all pre-made. So it's done at your own risk. I mean, that's $50. If you decide to take the advanced course, that's $50. And that's also four weeks. So for $100, you have access to the course for eight entire weeks. And there's a lot of information there, just like I talked about tonight. All that information is in there, plus more. Um, So, if you're interested in that, you know, again, all the money we raise for that funding goes to fund the Cajun ministry, and you know, to be able to reach out and help people and and so on. But just want to throw that out there. And I'm not trying to sell anybody anything because, you know, it's its own thing. I mean, I people go through it all the time. So, but I mean. And just in case anybody's interested you could always message me about the details on uh, you know the you know how to pay for it how it works and all of that and i'll answer that as well but uh yeah that's all i got to say buddy
1: <laughs> spiritual help uh don't message me i'm absolutely zero help spiritually uh reach out to jeremy uh feel free to even message the paranormal gumbo facebook page uh, and let because... us know how
0: we're doing because we love feedback
1: i mean if if you message the gumbo facebook page usually uh jeremy and i or i will see it and uh yeah we're pretty good at communicating with each other when people do message our page it's usually a quick text message to one or the other hey did you see that message this and that oh yeah i've seen that (laughs) but uh absolutely uh reach out to jeremy if you are in a place that you need help Uh, He's there, and uh, he's got a lot of free time when he's at the fire station waiting for the next call for a cat up in the tree. Um, As far as demonology courses have gone, myself as an investigator, way back when, when I was doing residential cases, I did take a demonology course. And you know what? um, What you saw of me on Twenty Eight Days Haunted being Mr. Skeptical—that's well after I've taken a demonology course, and it's not that i was wanting to be a demonologist it was more about how knowledge to, is
0: power right yeah
1: how to safely approach these investigations right. you know the the some of the things i learned in the demonology courses, you know when you're on investigation you don't how do say you protect things like yourself how do you protect yourself what not to say hey i'm here to help you i want to be your friend you don't say that on no, investigation you never that, that goes exactly. back to what That's jeremy said about that invite in give me a sign of your presence yeah don't use say my that energy either.
0: use yeah. my energy that is so dangerous
1: when you when you say things like that you can get negative reactions can you yes. show me uh, give me a sign that you're here oh instead of that tap that you wanted on the table that sign of their presence could be a, a chair flying at your head you don't want to do yeah, be that Be very so.
0: specific what you're asking the spirit yeah. to do
1: so uh it, you don't you're you know you don't take a demonology course to get your crucifix and Bible in a briefcase and go out yes. and start whipping ass. It's, it's there to help you, you know, become a better person on a safer to, investigator, a safer investigator. So definitely check that out. And, uh, Jeremy, this has been awesome. I think there's some things that we can take from this episode and start incorporating into future episodes like Jeremy's mini sermon at the end of every episode. Hey, that, that was awesome. <laughs>
0: Jeremy, how about this? We will do a Jeremy Knows Best paranormal-wise. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, um, and also for you listeners, here's the thing, just like Nick said, and I think it's great, but if there's a, if you have a question okay, that you would like for us to discuss on an episode of Paranormal Gumbo, all you got to do is go to the Paranormal Gumbo Facebook page, leave us a message, and guess what? You see that big list Nick has? He'll write that down, all right? Next episode, we're going to throw that in there, this, that, and the other. You can end
1: up on the next piece of paper.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Instead of ending up on a television show, you could be on the next piece of paper. There you go no, that was, that was that terrible. <laughs> joke. I apologize for that. But seriously, if you got a question, look, again, I, I love being challenged. Okay. If you don't agree with anything that I said, tonight, if you feel different about it. Send, send us a message for, and tell me your perspective. I do not mind being challenged at all. Okay. In fact, I love it. I love to be challenged. All right. So look, we need your feedback from you guys. Okay. And I know that pretty much everything so far has been positive, but we don't mind a little criticism either. That's the case, but we, I mean, we hope it's positive, but you know, it is what it is. But our number one goal is that we want you guys to get something from our podcast. Number one, each week, a topic that we talk about. And, you know, we hope you listen to the next one. I mean, that's why we do this. Actually, we do this just two friends to sit and talk to one another. But, you know, we do it it in a podcast format. That's why there's no video there for anyone yep. to see all it is is audio we do I mean, it you know we... we can see one another when we're actually doing the podcast but
1: yeah that's all you get to see haha we yeah, do we God. actually do this for fun it's not monetized that's why you don't have any commercials pop right. up in the middle of it we're we we not
0: trying to make money off of this or anything
1: zero dollars and zero cents coming in off of this and it's free if anything it's going to start costing us money because stickers and shirts are in the works.
0: Yeah, and I got to get a new microphone and everything. <laughs> yeah. So. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Paranormal Gumbo. Until next time, lesegaba roulé. Let the good times roll. See ya.